surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. And challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. Watch here suppose this up, Barcy. The surf, Duke. Welcome to Surf Kings of Gotham, the only podcast we're aware of which bask in the warm technicolor glow of sitcom vigilantism, which is Batman 67. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm your other host, Brady. And today, we're watching Season 2, Episode 43, Penguin Sets a Trend. This episode directed by James B. Clark and written by Stanford Sherman, a delightfully unhinged fellow. Originally aired February 1st, 1967, with special guest villain The Penguin, as played by Burgess Meredith, and Marcia, Queen of Diamonds, as played by Carolyn Jones. And our one-sentence Wikipedia summary says, The Penguin and Marcia team up to open a movie company as a front for a massive caper, and has Batman and Robin star as the leads. This was a fun episode. I it was enjoyed... absolutely insane, yes. I enjoyed it so much. I feel like it was Burgess Meredith's best performance. Like he This was... was another one of those episodes of 60s television where I watch it and I'm like, but people wanted realistic depictions of poverty as opposed to this. Okay. Yeah, this was fantastic. It was so colorful and there like just the, the set pieces felt so big and vibrant, and it was just so deranged and all over the place it was yeah this is what tv had all about. The 20 minute scene of dummies flying through the air <laughs> yeah that was great i knew it we were up... on and on and on I, I knew we were up for goodness when the recap was approximately five seconds long because that means they they got a lot to fit into the yeah into the real the recap basically Batman and Robin are in trouble. Let's go. Yeah. We'll be right back. They're tied to a catapult. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, Let's go. Yeah, but then they didn't. It's not like they used their time during the episode super wisely. So when they come back, there's a long bit on the flaming rope. They just, like, hold on that for a long time. I know nothing ever takes place when, like, the credits are going through, so people pay attention, but it was it was kind of funny. It was a... Oh my god, this yeah. is an emergency. Anyway, this dress was produced by Howie Horowitz. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was anticlimactic, but in the best possible way. I, I also want to look, look up who on the production team was in the Air Force. Because they, uh, the Army is made to look awfully foolish, not to get too far ahead, but I feel like that was done on purpose. Yeah, we'll get to that. I have, I have a note about that, too. Wonderful. So we open here once the credits are done rolling with Robin panicking like a little bitch. He's just. <laughs> Golly, what are you going to do? You're not even going to try to escape. This is going to mash us into tomato paste. Oh, my goodness. 
And Batman's like, Bat Rain Man? Because he's the, what's the cube root of pi? And Robin's like, what? How can you think about math at a time like this? Like, never mind, I got it. And then he's mumbling to himself, like Rain Man, just a bit, a bit, doing the calculation, because that's what calculations on film look like. Yes. Yeah. Robin's trying to. That means math. Yes, that means math. Robin is still panicking. He's trying to interrupt him. It's like, dude, shut up when I'm mumbling to myself. Robin completely illustrates the entire dynamic in one scene. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, anyway, okay. Remember last week when I was testing the remote control for the Batmobile? Scully, yes. Do you still have that on your wrist? I do, chum. And I've calculated we're going to land at exactly this spot. So if the Batmobile can make it there first, we'll be saved. And it just looks like a watch, but without like <laughs> any buttons on it. So his ability to program this behind his back with no discernible way of doing anything is fantastic. This is yeah. a great scene. The tension is is jacked up here so he's pushing buttons he's talking to himself the batmobile starts up and starts driving by itself very cool scene uh yeah it's such a thing the batmobile drives like 20 miles under the speed limit <laughs> I mean, yes yeah. it's just, it's just and, cruising gently to the location and it stops for two idiot kids like yeah. crossing the street, like playing baseball, like oh, stop, pick up my ball, crank I would have laughed and clapped and like sent money somehow to the cast that or to the show that was made, you know, sixty years ago. Had the Batmobile just hovered over those children, <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. I'd have been like, I owe you nice gentlemen some money. Brought to you by Tesla. So <laughs> <laughs> topical. Uh, so then, like, yes, well, hopefully the Batmobile makes it there before we do, sprawling the catapult fires, and two, two dummies of Batman and Robin, the flying scene goes on for a really long time, they are a really long time, it's just, it's like, it's, it's like Ed Wood quality, but like, with a Saturday Night Live vibe, like, it's just two dummies limply. <laughs> Moving slowly through the air. Yeah. And then they cut to the Batmobile. Like, is it going to make it in time? That's when it stops for the kids. They cut back to the flying, and it's Burt Ward and, and Adam West, like, in front of a screen, like, oh, we're falling or flying. Like, it sure is nice to be here in Delaware. <laughs> and thankfully, the Batmobile does make it in time. It deploys the net. Batman and Robin land in it. And then Robin, once again, proving that he's an idiot. Uh, remind me to give the Batmobile an extra quart of oil the next time we change it. Yeah, that's, does he think it's a dog? Like you're going to give it I a said. treat? Yeah. Oil's not a dog treat, you idiot. It's really bad for the engine. You can't have that much extra oil in there. That's going to create a pressure situation. That's terrible. And I'm sure car. the inanimate object will just love that you gave it a special treat. This yeah, is like it's... when Shame tried to outsmart a car. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not going to appreciate the gesture. You're stupid. That's where I texted you. Fuck Robin, stupid. That was <laughs> that was the exact time. Ah. And when I saw it, I knew that had to be it. When he was like, 
I'll give it a treat later. You're a <laughs> dumbass. Get in the car. Uh, Batman is like, I keep you around not to help me because as you've illustrated, that ain't gonna happen. But so that everything I do looks better by comparison. And it really does. The next scene here is in the commissioner's office. Just to go over the plan and fill us, the audience, in on what's going on. So we can't get Penguin yet because we don't know where that armor is that he stole. And that's priceless, magical armor that he stole from the museum. It could be anywhere. And we suck at interrogating people. So we can't just pick up the Penguin and ask him where it is. Well, better go back to acting then. That's their plan. We got to go talk to Penguin and be like, hey, listen, I know you tried to kill us, but we really want to be in this movie still. Commissioner Gordon's like, what's your plan, Batman? Mine would be to just give up. (laughs) Have you ever tried soup? All the (laughs) lots. Who cares about armor anyway? And by the way, have you ever tried soup? It's delightful. (laughs) It's like a meal and a beverage at the same time. I made some on my hot plate. (laughs) I don't have enough to share, though. You'll have to take my word for it. You can watch me enjoy it. And you can see what I mean. So, (laughs) the next scene is in Penguin's office at the film company. And his reaction to them wanting to rejoin the movie is hilarious. He's like, (laughs) so, Cape Canaries, you've survived my death trap and you want to rejoin my film company? What? What do you take me for, a fool? (laughs) And he screams all this through his little customized megaphone. Yeah. Yeah. He loves that megaphone so much. It is It is pretty cool. You don't fool me, you dynamic double-talker. There's some hideously honest motive behind all of this. Get out! Get out right now! I'll call my bouncers. Whatever. So they leave. Penguin's all proud of himself. He puts his feet up. That's fantastic. Batman and Robin go into the next room. Yeah, where, like, the secretary would sit. And yeah. this is... A, this is <laughs> they don't this really is leave. They just go to the next room. <laughs> Well, and this is where Batman ceases to exist and Adam West shines through, you know? Yeah. They, oh, yeah. They, they notice that the intercom button is, is pressed on the phone, so they know Penguin is listening to them. So, again, Adam West goes into acting mode here, and he puts on a performance, the performance of a lifetime, I'd say. Oh, hopelessly, yeah. Yeah, I've been bitten by the bug, Robin. I can't, uh, I can't shake it. I need to be in show business. What bug? Did you get that? Robin said, "What bug?" You knew what the plan was. You know what the context of the conversation is. He's talking about syphilis. What do you think he means? (laughs) Darn Catwoman. That was a previous episode. My filth-riddled girlfriend gave me gave me a social disease. <laughs> and fleas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's gross. So, yes, he puts on a... I just need to be... I need to see my name in lights. I need to be part of a feature film. Uh, and Penguin hears all this and is then fooled. So he comes out and says, Okay, you're back in. Here's the next part of the script. But... You notice when he goes to get them, because again, his office is long. So he goes to get on his little pengy mobile thing and drive to the door. And there's just a random dog on the seat that he moves, just puts it on the desk. 
And I don't know where that dog came from. We've never seen it before or since. Yeah, it's just a random dog wandering. Yeah. It's like it's in Hot Shots. packs of small dogs, yeah. Yeah, it's like a little poodle or something. But it's like in Hot Shots where every time he like, gets into the plane, there's a chihuahua there and he's got to get like on his seat and he like it barks and he has to pick it up and give it to somebody. Just a random dog. This whole dog. part with Batman wanting to see his name in lights and then saying he means Batman reminded me of my favorite Spider-Man story where Spider-Man goes to become an entertainer and then they cut him a check for Spider-Man and he takes it <laughs> to the bank. And they're like, what are you supposed to do with that? And he's like, oh, I'd like to cash this, please. And they're like, you have any ID? And he's like, no, I don't have any ID made out to Spider-Man. And this <laughs> takes up most of the story. That was wonderful. Yeah. I think so that's, that's the first Spider-Man story. I think the first one was about, like, payment negotiation. We'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> have to make that check out to cash. Okay. Superhero <laughs> shit used to be so much better. <laughs> Nobody deals with this nowadays. No. So, the next scene here is random and pointless, but I guess it keeps... It's the only scene of Marsha. In the whole episode. Yeah, just, this was really there just to remind you she's in this story for no reason. I feel like it's going to come in. She's going to come in and play a bigger part in the next in the next episode, in the third part here. But yeah, they're just... Hilda's sitting on a bench in Gotham Central Park, knitting. They're just looking at toads, waiting to find an old one. Because they need one for a <laughs> potion. That's the whole scene. Is that... How about that toad? No, that's too young. How can you tell the difference? Eh, you can just tell. An old toad has given up on life. <laughs> An old toad is much more decrepit. <laughs> yeah. Marcia says, well, how long is this going to take? And Hilda says, it takes however long it takes. Last time took me two weeks. Marcia's impatient, because you know how kids these days don't have an attention span uh, like, like our generation. Like, Do you have nothing but time to fritter away and then her aunt was like i'm just waiting to die dearie <laughs> uh, have you ever tried knitting it's really a fun pastime <laughs> and the whole scene was stupid and wonderful <laughs> yeah yeah it was good just reminds me that kids these days you know everything's got to be got to be knitting they got to be busy right. all the time not like in my day when we could just sit in a park and stare Look for toads. Yeah. yeah. Kids in the kids today in 1967 with their rock music and their acid. <laughs> Frying their brains, damn it. So back in the Bat Cave, Robin's wow, what great acting, Batman. You could be a you could be a senator or a governor. Batman's like, no, you're a proven political liability. Now shut up and read the script. <laughs> I could be but I know your ass. <laughs> You'd ruin it in a heartbeat. <laughs> You'll open your mouth and say something stupid like, you're going to give the car a treat, and that'll be that. Yeah, you're worse than Roger Clinton, and he's probably just a child at this point. So <laughs> they read the script. They determine that the next section of the, the movie takes place in medieval England. I don't know what the hell kind of movie they're making, but... Yeah, 
Batman doesn't, or Robin doesn't either, and Batman says, that just goes to show the erratic criminal mind that he jumped from Rome to medieval England. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Not that Penguin's a talentless hack or anything. <laughs> uh, he's delightful. <laughs> so they're on set in full suits of armor, getting ready to film a scene. Batman and Robin are Robin talking. Robin about it like Skywalker. It was terrible. <clears throat> yeah, and he talks. He's like, yeah. these are heavy, and it's hard to move, and I need to pee, and I'm hungry. Batman's like, hey, shut up. To we need pick to pick up some converters from the power station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Batman's like, hey, shut up. We got to play it cool here so that we can trick <laughs> Penguin into thinking we're on board. And they're saying it really loud, and Penguin's standing right there, but that's not how this scene goes, so that's fine. Penguin's staring into space, so he's not really paying much attention. <laughs> he's just but... staring blazed off into the middle distance. <laughs> Well, so Batman and Robin are wearing like full like medieval suits of armor, like you'd see, like the big plate armor, you know, the big clunky ones. The goons come hustling in in some sleek chainmail armor. That's the the museum quality stuff that got stolen. So it's really good armor, apparently. And then they wheel in a two ton yeah. electric magnet, and the magnet picks up Batman and Robin. It like lifts them off the ground a little bit, and they're stuck. There's nothing they can do. And Penguin's like, ha, I'm off with my goons to a meeting with the general at the Hexagon building. And I'm going to trick the army. Blah, blah, blah. I imagine they had to say Hexagon because when they ran, ran this by the Pentagon, they were like, this is a bit too stupid for us, so no. <laughs> well, we got one extra side here. That makes it better. Yeah. Not like that boring old Pentagon. Maybe you could call it the Octagon. Oh, there you go. I wish we'd called it that. Yes, yes, General. Thank you for your time. Yeah. He does meet with General. Now, this is where I feel like the point of this entire episode is that the army is stupid. Because oh my that's God. what we get from this. Yeah, this guy's like a blithering man-child. Yeah. I know his name's he like... like Gen- Joe Friday, but if like Joe Friday had a bunch of extra genes... <laughs> yeah his name his name is general magruder i think but i think of him as general magruber because he is definitely like magruber-esque in his brilliance yeah uh, i don't mean as a character just like yeah he's he's real dumb he's real dumb and but his like second guy is no smarter no major beasley comes in so there's a conversation here yeah the Hexagon's always happy to cooperate with the film industry. Uh, he mentioned there was a part for me. And Penguin just, like, he's he's great. He butters him up with, oh, yeah, no, I don't have a little part for you. I've got a huge part for you. Lines longer than Hamlet. Oh, you're, really? For me? Oh, yeah, no, you're going to be a great actor. I When do you retire? I want to wanna hire you. Don't, don't sign with anybody else. You're going to be a movie star. And then Major Beasley comes in. He says, okay, let give this guy anything he wants. He's going to make me a movie star. Major Beast is like, well, hey, whoa, whoa, Room X. They can't film in there. That's right, Nick. He's like, hey, wait a minute. You should be a movie star, too. Oh, really? Me? Oh, yeah. Look at your chin. Oh, you got a movie star chin, boy. When they sign, I want you to sign a contract with me when you retire. And they're both just like, oh, yeah, you can film any here. 
film anything you want. Oh, I believe you. Real, real easy to do. Yeah. It's an absolute shit show. Yeah. American taxpayers are paying for this. Yeah. No, they, yeah, the army is dumb. And they get worse. They take them to film in room X, and room X is just a plain old room. And they talk about it for a minute. They say, well, there's, I thought this would be a more <laughs> impressive room with secrets, though. Oh, no. No, the only good thing about room X is it connects to room Y. Yeah, room Y. On the other side of that's room room Z. And that's the room where all the secret stuff is. And then I like, think oh. it's like, what's beyond room Z? And they're like, God, I don't know. Never been Maybe the to end of the universe. Yeah, that's the end of it for sure. Or the, so, the back of the building, I don't know. Yeah. So then Penguin's goons come in in their armor and like, yeah, room Z's through this door, boys. Break through and go, let's go steal us some stuff. And the two army guys are, what, what? And they bust through the door and they bust through the wall and they go into the next room. They're, they're going into room Z. And then the army guys are, oh, well, we've been duped. Call the cavalry. Sir, we haven't had a cavalry since 1917. Well, call the army. Oh, we are the army. Oh, well, get some men up here. Like, it was just a, oh, man. The general whips out a gun, and I was like, oh, shit, he's going to pull Dr. Strange. Like, oh, wait, no, 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 he's actually going to go after Penguin. I thought he was going to yeah. be like, I'm he's not going down up. for this. <laughs> he probably should have. They do get a bunch of men up there. Uh, they put their bayonets on. They Let's go into this room and get these bad guys. And they run in there, and then they immediately run out and set up a position for some reason. I don't know why. And then Penguin and his I goons come running out. The, in the secret room Z or whatever, they had all this crap that looked like it was a pawn shop. And one of them said corncob pipes. <laughs> I missed that. I didn't see that. Yeah, that's how Bruce has been funding the Batman thing, is he's selling plaques with like labels on them to the military. <laughs> yeah, I saw secret, different secret things. I missed the corncob pipe. But so the army sets up, they've got bayonets, they've got guns, they're ready to, and then Penguin and his goons run out in like a formation so the armor protects them from all the bullets. It's very Monty Python, yeah. Yeah, they just escape. And the guys in the army open fire at them and it does nothing. Their armor is made of elven steel because that was the whole point of why armor stopped being used was that it did nothing against bullets. Yeah. Well, this is magic armor, and it works. Yeah. It's plot armor. <laughs> so See, I feel like that should be a thing someone should film. Maybe that's part of a larger movie. Is like, the day they started using guns, and like the guy's like, <laughs> you'll never shoot me. I'm wearing armor. Blam. Oh, God. That hurts. Please stop doing <laughs> My that. My insides. <laughs> I'm all uh... torn up inside. Back to Batman and Robin here, still stuck to a giant magnet. Batman manages to get something metal, and there's an empty, like a lamp without a light bulb on the table near them or something. He throws it in there and shorts out the electricity, and they escape. And it's as interesting as my voice makes it sound here. It was pretty dumb. This whole scene is very John Schwartzwelder for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got to get to the hexagon. There's no time to waste. 
Uh, we should probably change out of these suits that make us go really slowly. No, that would take minutes that we don't have. Let's just go. Like, we'll oh, just okay. clamber along in these horrible things. It's fine. Yeah, yeah this will be faster in the long run. <laughs> Back at the hexagon, they try to shoot out the tire. They're just opening fire on a public street, trying to shoot out yeah. the tires of this van, which doesn't happen. Because the art they is terrible. Fire down the street. <laughs> yeah. And then they say, oh, we better call in the Air Force. They'll save us because they're much better than us, the Army. Yeah. And that, that's what leads me to believe that there's maybe somebody, uh, maybe Bill Dozier was in the Army or the Air Force or something. So, oh, we don't need the Air Force. Look who's here. This is better than the Air Force. It's Batman and Robin. Yeah, and, like, and then they let they're like, "We'll go get Penguin." And then uh, Beasley says, "Oh, that they're almost as good as the Air Force." And the general says, "That's Gotham City's Air Force." So just to keep score, Gotham City's Air Force is some guys. Well, they were flying through the air earlier, but I guess the Air yeah. Force isn't stationed in Gotham City. That's kind of yeah. They're... Sometimes they're airborne, yeah, much they like may the not... Air. I think they say they may not be the Air Force, but they're the closest thing we've got in Gotham City or something. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. Guys. Cool. <laughs> Great job, guys. Yeah. Air so, Force has planes and technology. You've got some guys who are dressed up like jackasses. Yeah. Batman and Robin are wearing their suits of armor still, following the van and the Batmobile. What should we do? How can we stop them in our rocket car? We could literally do anything we want. But for some, this is the stupidest. I was mad about this too. Don't worry, the tires in that van aren't rated to carry that armor that's in there. So one more high speed corner and they're going to blow a tire. What? Those That armor is not that heavy. Those men are wearing it running around. There's no way that that van, like, no. It's a shoddy, shoddy piece of machinery there if that's what's happening there's no way that those tires couldn't carry an extra 400 pounds or whatever that armor could possibly weigh shut up <laughs> but it worked the tire blew around the next corner so they run into an alley and escape batman and robin awkwardly hobble down the same alley yeah chasing after him penguin says you guys get back to the hideout with the stuff we stole from the army i will uh i'm gonna stay here and Donkey Kong some barrels down the alley at these guys. Yeah. Penguin stops Batman with his kryptonite, a barrel. Yeah. Yeah, he's just rolling them down a ramp, and it works because they can't dodge or jump because they're in armor. And so they just get pummeled with barrels and fall down. Penguin waddles up and gasses them. And then this was delightful. Uh, luckily, a, a scrap metal truck shows up in this alley. Which I think this alley was the same alley that they fought Bookworm in. It looked like a familiar alley. They yeah, probably only have one. The alley. Yeah. These uh, scrap metal truck guys are pretty funny too. He's like, hey, Penguin's like, ah, oh, you're scrap metal guys. How, how much to all this pile of junk away? And they're like, oh, five bucks. Penguin's <laughs> like, gets a little mod. He's like, oh, yeah. then what happens to it? Oh, we, we crush it into a cube and sell it as scrap it's like oh scrapped crusaders <laughs> delightful i'm like what he's like nothing here's five bucks here's a here's another five to make it extra squished 
Gordon's going to go to the scrap metal yard and find a cube and be like, oh no, it's Batman. My Batman's a box. <laughs> Uh, I hope that actually happens, like in Top Secret, where the guy's in the car and he gets crushed into a cube, but then like his face is in the window and he can still like, <laughs> like try to roll down the window and then he turns on the windshield wiper accidentally and it gets his face, but he's a cube. I love it. Yeah. You have, you have five minutes to move your cube. <laughs> is it about my cube? Um, yeah, that's it. The next scene, they're in the, they're dumped into the hydraulic scrap crusher. And this is our death trap for the second episode of this three-part series. And our cliffhanger text says, the dynamic duo, a pair of paperweights, or cubes, this time the pressure is really on them. Tune in tomorrow for the crushing finish. Same bat time, same bat channel. Again, we remind you, somehow they stretched this to three entire episodes. There was a lot going on here, but yeah, they definitely could have, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode. It could be absolutely amazing. This one was a huge improvement over the first episode. Based on this episode, I'm sure it'll be insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, Marsha's definitely going to do something. Or she'll just be, there'll be another scene of them looking at toad balls or whatever, trying to determine <laughs> if they're boy toads or girl toads. I like watching TV, though, where I can't begin to predict what's going to happen next. Yeah, that is delightful, for sure. Like You're not like, oh, this will happen, that'll lead to this. You have no idea. <laughs> when this episode yeah. starts, you have no idea how it's going to end. Yeah. Yeah, like, they got to have Batman in armor so they look like scrap metal. What? Uh, yeah. Just go with it. It's going to be cool. And it was cool. It was so cool. It was pretty fantastic. It was dumb as hell, but it was great. Yeah, it was like fun dumb, you know? Yeah, it was stylistically dumb, not this is the best we can do, and it's an idiot dumb. Yeah. We didn't even try here. This They really tried. There was some some big, like, the hydraulic scrap metal pressure thing was kind of a cool set piece. The catapult actually looked really cool at the beginning. The whole the weird axe-grinding thing with the army was entertaining. Yeah, they flew through the air for a really long time for no reason. It was... <laughs> It was really fun. It was. It was a great episode. This has been a, a nice... good, good series so far, the, this three-episode story. Yeah, and we got a nice little scene in the middle in the park with knitting and toads. <laughs> <laughs> it was entertaining as hell. I loved it. I'm looking forward to seeing how they get out of this for sure. And I hope they do and end up crushing to it. forward to seeing how they get out of this for sure, you can always come back and listen to more of our podcast. And you can also tell two friends. Maybe they'll tell two friends and so on and so on. Exactly. Tell everyone. You don't want to be listening to this alone. You can't talk about it around the water cooler at work if nobody else listens. You look Just like a lunatic. down the road near your house or job, fidgeting and mumbling to yourself about Surf Kings of Gotham. Yeah. Or maybe convince the people at work you're the crazy person that, you know, could potentially kill everyone someday, and everyone wants to be nice to you because of it. So tell them to if listen. We don't want Roy and accounting to bring Anthrax to work. We better listen to his crazy podcast. Yeah, yes, you come should. On. Come on, Roy, do it for us. Uh, that's not, you know, legally we're not responsible for that, though. Yeah, don't we're really not doing it for us. Blame for just fidgeting. 
Yeah. We just want you to tell people about our podcast. We don't want you to like hurt anyone. Yeah. They already assume you're going to. So if you could just throw in some into your crazy gibberish mention of our show, it would be much appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. It really calms my nerves when I get to talk about my favorite podcast around the water cooler with my coworkers, you could say, hintingly. Like instead of your usual uh, space Jews, uh, you might could say, uh, the Serp Kings of Gotham. Uh. See? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Roy. Be a team player. Don't be don't be like a like Robin. You don't want to be the Robin yeah. who are Batman. Or like you embarrass yourself at the most recent company picnic as one of the team players. Not like that. A good team player. Yeah. Please, Roy. Please. We're begging you, Roy. Boy, we shit your... all over Roy this episode. <laughs> Much like the TV show we talk about, you can never predict where we're gonna end up. You never know. Well, that does it for another episode of Surf Kings of Gotham. As always, you can follow us on Facebook at Surf Kings of Gotham, on YouTube at Surf Kings of Gotham. We're on Twitter and Instagram at our show on shows, and of course, our show on shows.com. Those are all things. Actually, I'm going to put some stuff on YouTube today. Check that out. Yeah, I'm going to start trying to promote some things. Just make it to my part of my regular routine. So, because I can't, you can't rely on Roy. Yeah. Yeah. Roy. He's proven that. Prove us wrong, Roy. Come on. Put down your ledger Prove and your wrong, Roy. Put me accounting in my tools. Yeah. Put down yeah. your accounting tools and go talk about Surf Kings of Gotham. Yeah. Well, until <laughs> next time, bye, everybody. Bye, Dr. Nick. Sir, King of Gotham.